Hi, this is Blessing. And this is Tessa. And we are Unabashedly Romantic. Um, welcome to our very first episode, so forgive us for a couple of hiccups. Um, and today we're going to be talking about The Witcher, since that was just put on Netflix and we've just literally finished um, binge-watching both season one and season two because my sister over here hadn't watched The Witch when it first came out, so... I forced her to watch season one, but she got hooked like I did because who can like fight the allure of Henry Cavill in a white wig on a horse? It's a bit hard to. Here's to hoping he's in season three. I know, those rumors really are breaking my heart. Um, what were your th thoughts on like just overall in the different characters? Okay, so obviously I really liked Geralt because <laughs> he's Geralt. But I did get frustrated about Cirilla. Like, at first, she's just introduced as a princess, you know, so kind of, like, indifferent to her. But then once once Calanthe dies and Cynthia falls and she runs away, she makes so many decisions that are kind of stupid. <laughs> she didn't really think about what she should do and she was way too trusting. I think uh, season two, she got a little bit better, but she still... There were a lot of irritating moments, like that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they were staying at the castle with um, his friend that got cast into a beast. I mean, she trusted an evil Braxadiran. I think that's what it's called. Mm. I mean... She just looks at people in the face and goes, well, that's obviously who they are, and doesn't think any deeper, which irritated me so much throughout the show, especially when Geralt started teaching her how to survive, and he was like, you know, if I say this, do this, and so on, or if he was like training her, going, keep your ears open, and then in the next episode, she's not paying attention to her surroundings, like, come on. Yeah, she saw everything in black and white. And everything is in black and white. It's in shades of grey. But yeah. Well, she finally got there in the end. Yes, but then she got possessed. I know. And I was like, it took too long to get her out of it. I mean, I know that the deathless mother, you know... Was, powerful. was so powerful, yeah. But at the same time, she knew they were dead, so she should know that if she's not waking up as quickly and she she should know something's wrong. And she was hearing their voices. Like, she would say their names and she had their voices, but she didn't listen. Yeah, that frustrated me. What did you think about the ending? Okay, that was a twist I did not see coming. But it makes sense that her father's the one that's in it. Uh, I want to say that he's evil, but I don't know his motives. Because, like, everything he's done implies that he is. I mean, I guess, okay, I'm playing the devil's advocate because I, in no shape or form, like him at the moment. But if you think about it from the lens of, like a loving father trying to get her back before everyone else realized the prophecy would be something he would do 
at the same time the way he went about doing it exactly and two like where has he been for the last 15 20 years or what however long it's been Mm. since he mysteriously disappeared like I would want to know where he's been and how did he end up as King Amir, the White Flame? Like, I honestly thought the White Flame was just a way to control people. So now I'm sort of questioning if it's like a real thing or is he just fashioned himself into this thing that people can believe in to make it easier to control people? I don't know. Mm. It also frustrated me that it took so long the people who are supposed to meet up to actually meet up. This is going back all the way to season one. Yeah, I mean, first, her only task was to find Geralt of Rivia. And the frustrating thing was that he was in Cintra when she was escaping Cintra. And yeah, I feel like it felt like it was longer because of all the flashbacks. For me, I think it wasn't, I think the timelines were so confusing in season one. One minute would be killing um, the cursed children. And then the next thing will be in Calanthe's court. And then the next thing would be with Geralt on his adventures with the Askia and um, mm. Calanthe would be dying. And then in the next episode, we see Calanthe alive. And it's like, I'm not quite sure which ones come first, which ones come second. Towards the end of the season, it does make a bit more sense. You sort of see which one's supposed to be in the present and what's in the past, but it's not very clear. I mean, I would have loved if they just maybe put the dates on, like to be like, okay, this is before this event, or maybe the exact like year or something, because that would have just made it a little bit easier to follow. And I realized that I think The Witch obviously is based on books, and the way the books are written are that they're short stories, from what I understand. I haven't read any of the books yet and it's definitely on my to-do list but that's they try to incorporate a bit too many stories and that just made everything a little bit you know hard to follow a bit of a headache to follow to be honest yeah i think the only people we get like their full story is uh yennefer because we were there but we don't get the whole thing because she's a quarter elf, half elf, and um, well, we don't know. We know that I think it was her father that was the elf, but we don't know what happened to him, how that even came about. Um, but we do know from when she was sold to the witches at Aratiza and her training and her going out in the world and how she met Geralt. That was one that I didn't really get confused about. Mm. Geralt, we know his adult life, kind of. But then he hallucinated his mother. We sort of got little glimpses of how he ended up with Vesemir. Yeah. But we don't understand why the mother would do that and if he his, the hallucination of his mother was actually his mother, which... If it is, then she's not dead. So why why did she give him up? Like, mm. I feel like that needs to be explored a little bit more. 
I liked the fact that in season two, Geralt was so much more um, talkative. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked his deep uh, fucks and hmms and stuff during season one because, you know, it just totally turned me on. But um, it was also nice just knowing what's, you know, taking behind... um, you know that pretty face to know that he does think of things and other people think him cold and unfeeling but he's not like that and i feel like he's a much more sensitive they the witches as a whole are much more sensitive than people give them credit for and they're not just dumb people just throwing a coin in their face and telling them go kill monsters they're not stupid by any stretch of the imagination they probably know more about what the real goings on of the um continent than the mages do because the mages sit there in their pretty towers discussing politics wanting to you know be in charge of everything because they feel that with magic they have the right to which that that's a whole nother point um but yeah i really did enjoy exploring Geralt a little bit more this season um i was still frustrated with the nfr Oh, uh, yeah, at the beginning, she was very power-hungry, and I get why, but at the same time, I was so frustrated with her for what she's, she was doing, and then she met Gerald, and I feel like she kind of mellowed out on the power thing, and and she had a reason for doing what she was doing, because she just really wanted a child, right? But then season two, when she finally gives in to the deathless mother, kidnaps Siri. I felt so frustrated because they'd finally found each other again because he thought she was dead. And then she goes and she kidnaps essentially his child. That frustrated me so much. But then she sacrificed herself and let the deathless mother possess her, which we then find out about the wild hunt, which I think are the seven horsemen. I don't know if like we tried we tried counting (laughs) there were seven of them but i don't know if it's like the same thing wild hunt seven horsemen i think in his in well within the show they've made connotations that they are almost different you know different faces of them maybe different stories from different spheres but um which brings me to i love the fact that the spheres in went in the great what collide collision collide whatever didn't just disappear because that would have made for such a boring thing because right now the continent looks very flat (laughs) so i was quite glad that there's more to sort of explore and see in the upcoming seasons which is a good thing that they did get renewed for season three Mm. um which is going to be exciting um we were just debating saying there were a couple of headlines we saw recently about um, the fact that Henry Cavill might not be in season three, and that would be very sad. Not bad. Because I think that's the only reason I started watching the right now. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I think I love the family dynamic but that's that's coming or um, between, like, the Witcher, the witches and their, like, family, their brothers, and the fact that... Geralt now sees Ciri as his daughter and I think that's really highlighted in that scene where Geralt catches up with Ciri and Yennefer just outside of Sintra um, when the door sort of asks him so who is she 
um, whose daughter is she? And Geralt's like, mine, she's mine. Um, and make sure that everyone understands that, no, this isn't just because, you know, she's my child's surprise. It's because she is my daughter. I teach her, I care for her. I, in my own way, love her kind of thing. Obviously he's not that um, poetic. We'll leave the poetry to the Askia. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really moving, touching to sort of see them like, be that for each other. I mean, Siri has her moment where she's talking about the fact that girl feels like a father to her and a mentor and someone who makes her feel less lonely. So that was really sweet. And I think we just have to wait for Yennefer to sort of stop stabbing them in the back long enough to really appreciate that they're not against her. Um, and she should trust people a little bit more. I mean, obviously mm. not the mages. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I don't think she trusts the mages, which I think is one of the good things she's got figured out. Yeah, and I think that's what, um, is it Triss? Yeah, I thought Triss was like one of the good ones, not in the sense that she actively like fights for it, the good side or whatever, but like she's, just there she's not bully on any side but then uh after they had tested Siri's blood she sort of I think she thinks she's doing a good thing but she's not not by the looks of things so let me just explain a little bit about Triss we meet Triss in season one yeah um she Geralt goes to protest cord to fight against a monster called a Striga, which is basically a cursed child um well the child is cursed in the mother's womb um and usually the curse was on the mother but it filtered down to the child and turned them into a monster and um she was sent there to deal with this and Geralt came in and helped with us that's where we first meet dress and honestly I trusted her and obviously in season two a lot of the characters underwent a revamp because people say they're not being true to the game, they're not being true to the books, so they changed some of their powers and their looks. And I think maybe it's because of that, um, but in season two... After the Battle of Sodden. Yeah. Um, when we all think Yennefer is dead, we just don't quite trust Tris from the get-go of season two or at least I didn't it was like her aura I mean it doesn't sound like they can feel aura for things on tv but um her aura just did not seem right and I didn't know if that was whether it's like trauma from what happened because she'd gotten burnt in the throat or it was foreshadowing what would happen later on and I also found that she, along with other people, had so much faith in destiny and that caused a lot of bad choices to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I think considering Geralt sort of asked her to come to the witch's um, home, Kier Morin, um, I think a big problem was um, she was judgmental of their way of life just ever so slightly 
um, sort of like, you know, she wanted her to still have that respectability of being a princess. And when she started seeing more and more about what, you know, who Siri is, what her role would be in the future, what Siri is, she didn't act as the adult in the situation. She sort of just was like, oh my goodness, you're evil. You're going to destroy the world. Just one drop of your blood will destroy the world. And she went scurrying back to the uh, mages, which made me angry because um, those who have watched The Witcher, I'm sure you know all of these political games the mages play, it became so irritating because they act as know-it-alls and don't act in the best interest. And we all know that the older ones especially seem to like twisting history to suit their needs. Especially Stregobor. Oh, I hate Stregobor. It's not just like his character, it's like his face and, it's you the know. Mustache. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, I don't like, at, at the beginning when we first meet him, because he's like the first mage we meet, I think, um, in that village, right? And he goes how he wants someone to die because she was born under an eclipse or something and he was killing all of them because apparently they'd leave a lot of bloodshed behind them and all that and there were four uh there were four warnings i think or something um of lilith was it of the coming of lilith which i have great feelings that maybe that was a take on uh Aliente's prophecies of the elven child that would be born my prophecy was greatly misunderstood because i think siri is the elven child that was born Mm. but the elves thought it was the child that had just been born the child that had just been born i'm not sure what her name was but i think she was married to philavandral which also struck me i thought like after philavandral had like captured the witcher and the witcher kind of like talked sense into him that he would that remain on like the edge the of the world edge, and just edges and just rebuild right but and i and i knew he didn't want to be king or at least that came across as he didn't want to be king but he would do it as a necessity and then when she's the one that was kind of in charge and everything she did was because of a hooded figure in a cloak i mean she couldn't even see the face she just assumed and they fell for that trick by the deathless mother which did sort of irritate me and i think we would be you know amiss to not mention um frangela because she is one of the big bads in season one and a little bit in season two to a lesser extent um and i just personally think frangela is very power hungry um she orchestrated the fall of Sodom with all of her forbidden magics and necromancy and so on so she um she's very easy to hate and I think season two there are many points where you could almost see the beginnings of a redemption arc but at the last minute she'd be like no I'm not good kind of thing it's if she'd just make this decision um to be like no i'm going to stay i'm going to stick on this path which at the end sadly she gets imprisoned by amir so we'll see how that turns out because i don't want to see her dead because that would make things less interesting yeah i mean season one aratiza when we see yana from them did feel sorry for her because like she was going to 
get the job at Eden's Court. Yeah, but Yennefer Sutkin took that. So I kind of feel sorry for her because I think she was really humiliated that day. Then after White Flame and Nilfgaard attacking everything, yeah. That all just flew out the window. So, yeah. Um, We're just going to make a wrap up uh, with a couple of our last thoughts on The Witcher. What did you think overall? Um, I really love the series. <laughs> um, and I will continue watching it as it goes on because usually I watch series and if the next season doesn't come out, usually I don't really like carry it on. So I think this is a series that I'll definitely carry on. And I'm hoping that we'll have better answers in the next season because we got left with a lot of unanswered questions. So true. What was your favourite scene? Um, my favourite scene... I think my favourite scene was near the end when Yennefer, Geralt and Ciri actually looked like a family, which was really nice. Uh, I think the saddest scene for me was when Roach died. That is so true. The bond between him and Geralt was like, I mean, Geralt always spoke to his horse, which was weird at the beginning, but it was almost like the horse understood him. Mm. So, yeah, it was so sad to see um, Roach die. I think for me, um, I love The Witcher, and I seriously hope that season three doesn't come out in a year's time, but a bit sooner than that, because if I have to wait another year for this, it's it's going to be a long year. Mm. <laughs> um and I think my favourite scene would probably be, um, yeah, the scene where Geralt, Yennefer and Ciri sort of come together and understand, okay, yes, we've done really bad things to us in the past, but we have to help each other because destiny can only bring you together. And then Geralt says this really nice thing about that you have to put effort in, which is a good thing yeah. because you have to put effort into relationships. And he says something about them needing something more and that something more is serious. So I found that really sweet. Yeah, I love the fact Geralt didn't rely on destiny like everyone seemed to do. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to us um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.